Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. That has been Dennis Allen's, you know, favorite line, his go-to line after every single loss for the last two years. Oh, yeah, we've got to get better. We've got to do better. We've got to be better. But he has no real solutions for this. He's offered no explanations for what we're going to do differently to be a better football team. You know, what we're going to, you know, what plays we're going to call uh, or who's going to be calling the plays or which players are going to be on the field. Like he, he has had no answers for what the Saints can do to be better besides just saying, oh, well, we got to be better. Welcome into the Saints Wire podcast. It's great to have you with us. Ryan O'Leary here playing host, joined as I am each week by one of the best in the business, John Sigler, the managing editor of USA Today's Saints Wire. If you're finding the podcast for the first time, leave us a rating, leave a review if you could, subscribe, all that good stuff. That's the best way you could support us, and we do appreciate it. If you're fed up with Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael, and Derek Carr, then this is the place to be, and John will be music to your ears, I promise. And with that, hi, John. Uh, Aside from your Saints, I hope you had a great holiday weekend and bye week, my friend. It's always awesome to be back on here with you, man. Yeah, man, happy to be back. Uh, you know, always looking forward to talking some Saints football. Kind of wish that we were talking uh, Saints after a win, but hey, it, it is what it is. So, so we're we're, we're going to be here each week, taking a look at this team and uh, what what they've got in front of them and uh, what what they've been up to. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna vent about what was a, a re, you know a really tough loss to the Falcons and John on Saints Wire. You didn't really hold back many punches following this one twenty four fifteen loss. You wrote John. If you don't mind me reading a few graphs from one of your articles that I really enjoyed. Um, Have quote, at it. Quote, the mask is off and we know who the New Orleans Saints are, a bad football team whose deficiencies were covered up by their too good to be true spot on top of the NFC South standings. That's something that Dennis Allen has continued to bring up is we're in first place. We're still a first place football team. We'll know more. Uh, John also writes. The Saints haven't beaten a team worth bragging about all season. So where will Dennis Allen turn now? He got his quarterback. He was given the easiest schedule in the NFL. And for the first 10 weeks, he had the healthiest roster of pro sports, or I should say pro football. I'm sorry, John wrote. And he has nothing to show for it. The Saints gambled big and they're losing badly. And now just to go back to that point, John, for the first 10 weeks, he had the healthiest roster, right? But not anymore because you were without Marshawn Lattimore and Michael Thomas. Obviously, that hurt you in this game against the Falcons. And now Chris Olave's in concussion protocol. Rashid Shahid left this ball game. He's like your big deep play, uh, deep guy, right? And then a couple offensive linemen are banged up, including Ryan Ramchek, right? So now injuries are piling up on top of a Saints team that has all of a sudden fallen below 500, just had a re- kind of a devastating loss to the Falcons, and there's only six games left, right? So it feels like it, it feels like an uphill climb all of a sudden for a team that seemed to have everything in front of them, right? I mean, how are you feeling about your football team right now coming off this loss? Yeah, it's rough, man, because... It's it's like you, you can't take care of business against the Falcons. You, you you know a team that has struggled offensively all season long, and you can't even you can't score a touchdown on them. <laughs> like we really saw who Derek Carr was in this game. You, you know he he's not a quarterback who's elevating the guys around him. He's not somebody who's making good decisions in the red zone. 
Um, that interception he threw was probably the worst pass he's thrown all season. I, I mean, if if the safety hadn't come down to intercept it, the ball was thrown so far behind Rashid Shahid that the cornerback covering him probably would have picked it off himself. I, I mean, it, it was a t- terrible throw, terrible decision, and that really encapsulated what happened here. And then you have the, the, the Saints defense just totally breaking down and get, getting run all over. I mean, they gave up 228 rushing yards to a Falcons offense that doesn't even know which running back is on top of the depth chart. Uh, and can't rush the passer, can't can't hit the quarterback. It was it was just a disaster, man. And and more than any more than anything else, this makes me feel like okay, the, the, this this organization is in trouble because they're stuck with Derek Carr and his big old contract for the next two years. And D- Dennis Allen, I mean, you have a def- you have a defensive minded head coach who can't stop the run, who can't get after the quarterback. Um, it's like, what, what do you do here, dude, if the defense that you've spent the last seven years building um, can't, you know, <laughs> you, you, you can't sack Desmond Ritter? <laughs> like, well, all, all you can do is laugh. I, I mean, it, it's, it's outrageous. And, you know, the Saints made all the decisions and put themselves in this spot. And now they're kind of reaping what they've, what they've been sowing. Derek Carr, uh, definitely part of the problem. He's, he's definitely not saying he's not doing the right things, John. He's not saying the right things either. We'll get to that. But the player that I think has become kind of must-see TV in the postgame, I mean, the Derek Carr and Dennis Allen postgame stuff is just becoming insufferable. They're walking memes, right? They're just like meme after meme with these guys in their postgame and the stuff that they keep repeating. Uh, We're going to work like heck to get better. We're going to get better. Well, if you listen to Alvin Kamara, it's such a different tone. I mean, towel over the head at the locker, just like spitting truth. (laughs) and He's got this look in his eye, John. He's just like, I'm about to spit some truth at you guys right now. And he is, and he's, you know, he's showing leadership and he is saying it. And I, I like to kind of dig into what he's saying and try to read between the lines. You don't, you almost don't have to though. He's just telling you blatantly. One thing AK said after the game is quote, I just feel like there's been too much talking, talking about what we quote need to look like, what we, you know, we need to find a real fix, not just, Oh, we got to be better. You want to get better every week. That's obvious. Let's get past that. How are we going to get better? And it's just like, where are the answers, Dennis Allen, right? Your own players are all but grabbing you by the shirt collar, John, and like demanding answers. Like, how are we going to get better? We keep talking about it, but we're not, we're, not, we're not getting any better, right? We've just lost games to the Vikings by week Falcons, right? So this is, a, I mean, isn't AK almost just like screaming from the rooftops like, yo, we're not getting what we need from our coach. Whatever that message is, it's not it's not uh, materializing into what we need to be become a better football team and figure out what we need to do to get better. Right. It's AK is almost just screaming that at us in the post game. Yeah, it sure seems that way. I I mean, that has been Dennis Allen's, you know, favorite line, his go-to line after every single loss for the last two years. Oh yeah, we've got to get better. We've got to do better. We've got to be better, but he has no real solutions for this. He's offered no explanations for what we're going to do differently to be a better football team. You know, what we're going to you know, what plays we're going to call uh, or who's going to be calling the plays or which players are going to be on the field. Like he, he has had no answers for what the Saints can do to be better besides just saying, oh, well, we got to be better. And, and that that really seemed to be what Camaro was referring to here, where, where we're always saying, you know, we got to be better. But how are we going to get better? What are we going to do differently in practice to get better? And gosh, it's frustrating for us and for fans at home. And I can't imagine how frustrating it is for players in the building who have seen you know, just how successful this organization can be. You know, Kamara is one of those guys who he has been here since 
Drew Brees and Sean Payton were running this organization and winning 12, winning, winning 11, 12, 13 games a year and winning playoff games and setting records and all this stuff. And to go from that, you know, just maybe the least inspiring coach in the league, uh, who, who, a guy with no answers, it's, it's, it's man, it's, it's got to be uh, just demoralizing. So hopefully the Saints can figure something out with these last six games, but they're in a pretty rough spot right now. Yeah, this is tough. Uh, and it's just interesting, man. He like he literally uses the same phrases that Dennis Allen uses, John. So just almost saying the coach coach's name without saying it. But he's letting us read between the lines. But then he says in the same breath, these dudes want to play with each other. I'm strapping up for those dudes. So it's just like I don't I'm not calling it like a, a coup or anything. You know what I mean? But it like it just seems like AK is almost telling us that you know, the fans are out on these coaches, but so are we, you know what I mean? Like we're not, we're not buying what they're selling either. It, it almost feels that way. Uh, and then you got the comments that he said about the team, not having an identity. I'm sure you agree with that, John, that the, the saints team has no identity as AK said. Yeah. And then to see Dennis Allen, you know, kind of foolishly push back. On <laughs> yes, that. he did. Yes, he did. Or, 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 or to push back on it, you know, uh, not from a place of credibility that, that that's rough. I mean, DA, you know, I'm sure you have the clip somewhere, but, or, y'all have heard it he, he's saying oh you know we have an identity we're, we're an explosive offense we're not op- we're an opportunistic de- defense well we, we run the ball well when we want to and it's like when 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 has this happened because you don't you go and look at the numbers they are a middle of the road team in, in explosive plays you, you know passes of 20 plus yards runs of 15 plus yards uh they are a at best average team when it comes to picking up you know chunks of yardage at a time like yeah you've gotten lucky a couple times hitting on these, you know, 40 and 50 pat yard passes to Chris Olave or, or Sheet Shahid. But, I mean, those are few and far between. Be, be, be real. Man, it's just, it's so rough to see that because you, you look you look at the numbers and you, you look at that and there's just no real evidence to support that claim. And it's like, is, okay, this is what DA is telling the media. It's what he's telling fans who are watching. But is this what he's trying to sell to the players in the locker room? Because, like, from from what like you said like you said in quoting AK like the players are on the same page here like they 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 know what the deal is uh, they can see the problems it's almost like uh, Dennis Allen and his staff are the ones who are oblivious to it and then you you kind of you go to what what Derek Carr says in the post game John and it's just like you just roll your eyes like oh we're gonna we're gonna keep working about it we're not gonna, we're not gonna stop stop fighting we're gonna figure this out we're gonna keep working it's like yo we're, it's like week thirteen now like we should have this thing figured out. Uh, but really, it goes back to the play you referenced earlier with Derek Carr in the pick six. Uh, this was this was the play that decided the game. It was a 10-point swing and a game decided by nine points, right? The Saints are sitting there. Uh, it's third and three. They're on the Atlanta 12. The worst case scenario, you're kicking a field goal. Instead, it's seven points the other way. Uh, to me, it, it felt like a great play by Bates, but also a horrible throw and decision by Carr. Uh, I know his comments after the game saying that, you know, just kind of deflecting any blame John but giving all the credit to Bates was uh, kind of a bad look for the quarterback to say the least and I know Saints fans felt the same way what do you think about Carr's comments about uh that play and maybe just your your thoughts on that play in general man it, it was so discouraging to see him deflect like that and to not take any you know responsibility or practice any accountability for it like it, it takes two seconds to say oh yeah I made a bad throw I, d- I didn't read the defense well uh, that's on me. Well, I'll, I'll do better. And, and instead of doing that, he, he goes on some tangent about, oh, man, this is a great play. I had no idea that was possible. No, 
they're, they're, he's not supposed to be able to do that and, and all this <laughs> junk. My, my, my guy, you've started 153 games in the NFL. What are you talking about? Like, he, he's just got to be real and own up to making a mistake. And, and it's that simple. And because he, you know, lacks the willpower to do that, it, it's it's like this is the guy that we're supposed to believe is a leader. Like, this is, you know, someone who can't even be, you know, have any even like any self-criticism. Like, what are we doing here? Like, like, yeah, I mean, Drew Brees has been in a situation where he, where he made a bad play and threw th- 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 a pick six. And, and he, he's, owned, he's owned up to it. Go, go, go back and look at what he said, uh, you know. And Derek Carr just doesn't have that in him. You, you know, he doesn't want to be criticized from the outside, and he doesn't want to uh, criticize himself. And, and uh, unfortunately, he's not playing well enough to get away with that. So it's just discouraging. But, you know, look, as far – this isn't as important as you know, a, you know, a locker room chemistry thing or whatever. But you cannot be the the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints and compliment, you know, a player on the on the Atlanta Falcons for making a better play than you. You, you can't do that. that. That's not how this rivalry works. That is not the dynamic between these two teams, between these two fan bases. Um, that that that's that just hasn't been done. That you know that that's not how it works. That's not what anyone does. That's not what. Jameis Winston, even Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton have done like, like, like they know better than that dude. And, mm-hmm. and for, for Carr to try and like advertise himself as like the savior of the franchise or whatever. And that he, he doesn't even know, like, does he know that there's a rivalry with, with the Falcons? Uh, is he aware of this? Like if nothing else, you got, you, 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 you've got to play into that and do something to show like, Hey, you care about being here. You care about the history here. And, and right now the dude just looks oblivious. Yeah, or that you care about losing a game to the Falcons, right? That maybe you're a little shaken up after it. Or it right, it yeah, something. But I, I thought it was even worse, John, when I first saw it because I thought he said RB, uh, like a pet name for Bates, but he said RC, right? He was talking about Ronald Curry. But I thought he said RB. For, so I'm like, wait, now you're using a pet name for the Falcon player? Like, what? You know what I mean? Like, I I thought it was even worse. But I actually, when I read the transcript, I'm like, oh, he was talking about Ronald Curry there. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was even worse in real time. Um, later in the comment, but the par- the part that's baffling too is how he was so stunned that Jesse Bates broke on that route and that oh man he wasn't supposed to do that he made a he made a great play I've I've seen other people defending Carr saying oh that was like an Ed Reed kind of play but uh, John correct me if I'm wrong because I think you wrote about this like it looked like Carr was staring at Rashid Shahid the entire time so when you're that close to the goal line and all the players are kind of bunched together anyway there's not a lot of field to work with. And you're staring down your receiver. Why wouldn't the safety come down? Why, why would that be so unbelievable? You know what I mean? Like that that Bates would come and do that. It's just like the whole thing just makes you shake your head, right? I mean, the him being so baffled that Bates would make that play is another is another thing that just made me be like, Derek, come on, man. Like just this is a two line answer to your point earlier, John. Just I made a bad throw. I got to be better. Uh, so anyway. Um, we can move on from this one, uh, but in terms of the defense, you mentioned the the rushing defense, John, lately. They're down to 23rd in the re- league in rush yards allowed per game, but in their last three, they've allowed 169.7, which is second worst in the league, so it's gotten worse. Obviously, that's including quarterback rush yards, which continues to be an issue, but what is concerning you most about the defense and the special teams too, right? Because we're seeing a dip in those phases. So it's not like the Saints defense is able to carry the offense as that is it struggles, right? It's 
they're not getting complimentary football in any of the phases and really no phase is playing extremely well right now, especially during this little skid. So what's concerning you most about D and special teams? The defense doesn't really do anything well. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. Let, let, let me preface that a little bit. Like, yes, I, I know, I know they're second in the league with, with interceptions and they're an above average defense on third down, but on a play by play basis, they are struggling. Like, they, they are getting run all over. You know, the Falcons put this game away on a drive in the fourth quarter where they just they just ran the ball 10 times in a row, and the Saints couldn't stop it. Like, they, they, they just ran 10 times to get into field goal range and, and ice it. <laughs> and, and and the Saints had no answer. You know, they, they, they've invested all these draft picks and spent all this money go, going for, um, you know, we want defensive ends who are just naturally strong against the run, and we want linebackers who are going to, you know, who are quick to react and everything. And they just got bulldozed. They just got trampled and they can't stop the run. They can't get after the quarterback. Uh, they're, they're tied for the second fewest sacks in the national football league uh, going into week 13. They have a bottom 10 pressure rate. Like they're, they just don't do anything well. You know, they, they can't stop the run and, and they can't rush the passer. And those are the two number. Those are the first and second most important things you need to be able to do defensively in this league. And they can't do either of them. And it's like, gosh, how did we get here? You know, we, with that was the whole idea in promoting Dennis Allen is he's going to keep this defense together and it, and they're going, they're going to carry this team. Well, well now his, the defense is, is, you know, arguably, arguably a, as bad as the offense at this point. And there's just no reason to think they're, they're, they're going to suddenly flip the switch and figure it out here, here in these last six games. It's, it's so disappointing to see. Yeah. And an interesting stat too is opponents are rushing the ball against the saints, John 44.79% of the time, 10th highest rate in the league. So opponents are just blatantly saying, no, we're just going to be run heavy against you. And the Saints have not been able to combat it. So can they get it turned around in short order against the Lions? Feels like a tall task. We'll get into that one here coming up next. First, week 13 fantasy advice from thehuddle.com. Marty Bonini of thehuddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number 13. Quarterback Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos at Houston, Texans. Wilson ran a season-high 11 times in Week 12, and he gets to take on a Texans defense that is allowing 20.8 fantasy points per game over the last four weeks. A quarterback has gone for at least 25 fantasy points in three straight against this defense, and six of the last seven contests have resulted in 21 or more fantasy points for the position. With six teams on bye, Wilson should be a fine play. Running back Ezekiel Elliott, New England Patriots versus Los Angeles Chargers. This one is short and sweet. Zeke is a reasonable flyer for a cheap touchdown against a feeble run defense in a week in which a half dozen franchises are on by. In the last five weeks, only four teams have given up a touchdown at a higher rate than the Chargers. Wide receiver Jahan Dotson versus the Miami Dolphins. Commanders receiver Terry McLaurin has posted one fantasy-relevant day in the last five weeks and we've seen Dotson rise in that time. The second-year receiver has a goose egg in that stretch, which cannot be overlooked, but he went for at least 10 PPR points in the other four outings, scoring three touchdowns along the way. The Dolphins have given up generally neutral numbers to the position in that same time frame, but we're looking at the seventh-weakest defense at limiting wide receiver scores in relation to receptions, which was the 11th most allowed since Week 7. Plus, there's a strong likelihood Washington will be forced to heave the ball all day long to keep pace. Tight end Dalton Schultz, Houston Texans versus Denver Broncos. Schultz has scored twice in the last five weeks, and his returns have been erratic, posting anything from 1.2 fantasy points all the way up to 29 in PPR scoring. The veteran's worst day with a target in 2023 came in Week 12, 
Denver has allowed Titans to run wild in the last five weeks. This is the second best matchup in both primary fantasy scoring systems, and all of the key fantasy metrics for scoring fall inside the top 10 in that span. Expect a big day from the former Dallas Cowboy. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. The Saints returning home for a while now. Uh, they haven't had a lot of home games, John, but they're finally back home. They're going to face this Lions team that... Detroit not playing their best football in recent weeks, right? They were lucky to beat the Bears. Uh, and then they had uh, a tough loss at home in a rowdy stadium against the Packers on Thanksgiving. They're coming off a mini bye. I would expect the Lions, John, to be hyper-focused against the Saints this week. What's your leadoff thought on this matchup? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I would feel a lot better about it if the Saints were healthy. Uh, you know, the Lions have a really vulnerable pass defense. You know, I, I know that Aaron Glenn is a very highly regarded coach. Um, he's a former Saints assistant, somebody who's gotten head coaching interviews, but his secondary has not played well. And saw that against the Packers, where they, I mean, what, what was it? The first play of the game was just a just a bomb downfield to Christian Watson, I think. Yep. They're they're getting wrecked. <laughs> and on paper, you would think, okay, this is this is a good game for Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid to kind of show out, make some plays, keep the Saints in it. Well, neither one of those guys are, are going to play, it, it, it looks like. Obviously, we have to wait for the injury report, but Olave is in concussion protocol. Uh, Shahid has a thigh injury, and it doesn't look like either one of their receivers are going to be active. And then you say, oh, well, hey, at least Michael Thomas is around. Oh, well, no, he's on injured reserves. <laughs> so the, the, we're going to be asking, you know, Keith, Keith Kirkwood and A.T. Perry and, you know, probably Marquez Callaway and, and Lynn Bowden Jr. To, to, be, to be the receivers here. And that is a receiving core that Detroit can probably handle. You know, no, no offense to those guys, but but none of them are starters. None of them should be seen as starters at this point in their careers. Uh, it, it could be rough. So, you know, if the Saints had had all of their weapons on hand, uh, I would feel a lot better about it. But even then, you know, going going into Week Twelve, we were making our making our our picks, doing doing our previews for Week Thirteen uh, this past Saturday. I'm like. Man, I think the Lions win by a touchdown. Like this is gonna, it's gonna be rough. They're just a better coached team than the Saints on both sides of the ball. Uh, th- th- those players believe in what they're doing and what they're being told to do, and the and just the, the, there's almost a talent discrepancy as well. You know where Detroit has done a really great job drafting and developing guys the last few years. The Saints have very few draft picks uh, who have developed into starters in this offense. I, I don't feel I don't like this matchup for New Orleans at all. I, I think Detroit's just going to beat them over the head. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, especially when you when you bring in the spread. The Lions are four point favorites in this game, um, and, and against the spread, John. I mean, this is kind of a Derek Carr thing. This chases him back to the Raiders. It's always a profitable bet to fade Derek Carr <laughs> as a sports better. Uh, usually, when he's a favorite, usually when he's a favorite, you, you fade Derek Carr. But the Saints against the spread this season are two eight and one. Uh, so they've been a profitable team to fade against the spread all year, but they've also, you know, at home, this is only their what fifth game at home. They've lost uh, home games to the Bucks and Jaguars. Obviously, they're zero four against the spread in their home building this year as well. So, uh, I don't. If you're looking at this from a sports betting perspective, yeah, I'm with you. The spread is four. I would, I would take the Lions to beat the Saints by more than four points. <laughs> I think that's that's where I'm at. Just because the Saints are so banged up and they're just not playing their best football. Um, I agree with you 100%. The, the injuries to Olave and Michael Thomas, and now you bring in Shahid. I mean, that is just brutal. It's, those are your three best receivers. Um, 
it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough, especially when you have a Lions team that's not going to be happy. They, I mean, that Thanksgiving game is huge for them, and they got worked by the Packers. Had some extra rest. Uh, they, they're going to come in. They're going to come in ready to go. It's a tough one. But, John, probably too early to call this a must-win, right? Because you got the Panthers and the Giants coming up after that at home after this game. So the Saints could lose this ball game, but still kind of be in it, right? I mean, it's it's. do you agree with that? Too early to call it a must-win. Man, I, I kind of feel like every game is a must-win from here on out. You yeah, know, they, they can't take anything for granted. Like, the, the, every, every loss is going to hurt them. Um, that's going to push them further back. They, they, they have gotten by with, you know, the easy schedule and, and the weak division up until now, but they're not in first place anymore. They, they, they can't take that for granted. Like, they've got to try and win every single game that, that they can from here from here uh, through January. And, and, and unfortunately, this looks like a pretty unwinnable matchup here, here with the Lions. I, I think it's going to be gnarly. And... Gosh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm expecting a loss, but the Saints really can't afford to lose many more games because if if their only hope for the playoffs is an NFC South title, man, that, that, that that's a, that's a tall that's a tall ask. I, I mean, I mean, th- I don't think they're going to be in a position where they can say, well, hey, maybe we'll maybe we'll be the uh, the seventh playoff seat. Maybe we can maybe we can squeak in and and, and get in that way because I, I just don't think that's realistic. Like they, they've got to win every possible game. They can't write off any of these as easy wins. I mean, do, do we think that they'll have an easy time with the Giants in a few weeks? <laughs> I mean, my Patriots sure didn't, John. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look out for Tommy gosh. DeVito. I'll tell you. Yeah. Hey, we, we, we the, the Italian stallion man. We love him. Um, <laughs> it's uh, God. So I, I hope the Saints prove me wrong. I hope they can rattle off some wins here. But just the direction this team is going is uh, it's not 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 going to be a very fun journey. Well, you wrote about John how you know the the Saints have work to do just to earn back the trust of the fans, right? The fans are just so they're just so down on the team for you know for good reason. Uh, it almost feels like they would need a win against a team like the Lions to get the fans back on board, feeling like there's actually a season here. Because I think we're all resigned to the fact that even if they make the playoffs, the season is going nowhere, really. You know what I mean? But you know, you could make the argument that this is you know aside from the Jaguars, I guess. This is the best team they've faced all year and the best team they'll face for the rest of the year, this Detroit Lions team. So if you're going to win one and get the fans back on board and maybe get some belief and some hope for the season and kind of re, re-energize things, this would be the game to do it. The question is, how do they get there, right? I know you're on the Lions side. I am too. I, we both have the the Lions covering the spread, even in New Orleans. Let me ask you, the what's the Saints' path to victory against the Lions, John? What would, in a perfect world... What would they do? Is it does Jared Goff just turn into a pumpkin? He hasn't played great football the last couple of weeks, right? Maybe it's Goff turning into a pumpkin and the Saints defense get all over him, get some takeaways. Like, what's the path to victory for the Saints? Because if they could come, if they could show up and win this game against the Lions, even with their injuries, I feel like that would re-energize things a little bit, right? That would be kind of fun. What's the path to victory here for the Saints if they could find a way? Man, it's got to start offensively. Like they, they have to prove that they can score points and that they can end drives with touchdowns. I mean, <laughs> here's maybe my favorite set, my favorite, uh, most favorite slash to, uh, slash least favorite stat of the week here. Uh, <laughs> through three games in their in their division with the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Falcons this year, the Saints have had 32 drives. How many of those drives would you say have ended in touchdowns? They're so bad in the red zone. Um, four. Half of that. Two. Oh, God. 
God. They, they are two for 32 through through those three games. That's brutal. And, brutal. And yeah, yeah, it's awful. It's awful. Like, it, it, it is a crippling flaw with this Saints team that they, they cannot, you know, end drives with touchdowns. They, they cannot match opposing offenses score for score. They, they, they cannot do it. They do not have it in them. Derek Carr does not have it in him. And it is just such a major problem for them that that to me, that's where they've got to, you know, flip the switch that that's where more, more than anything else. That's what, what could get them uh, right against Detroit because I'm not high enough on the Saints defense right now to think that they're going to meaningfully slow down the Lions offense. Like, yeah, they'll probably get a couple turnovers. Um, I don't think they're going to get to Goff. I don't think they're going to sack him very often. They're not going to put him under a lot of pressure. But but he he's good to throw a couple interceptions here or there. So maybe maybe their path to victory would be you know getting a couple takeaways and then having some really effective possessions offensively and running the ball well, ending drives with touchdowns. And you know, hey, here's an idea: maybe playing Taysom Hill in the red zone. Uh, maybe playing Alvin Kamara in the red, in the red zone instead of you know risking Derek Carr making a stupid decision with the football. Like maybe, maybe that's maybe maybe that's their path to victory. So it, it's possible. In, in, any team can win in this league on any given Sunday. Um, but just looking at things on paper right now, th- th- this is not looking like a very uh, positive afternoon for for the Saints. That's John Sigler right there, managing editor of the Saints Wire. I think John some of the most honest commentary out there on your social media on saints wire again one of the best in the business folks check them out in terms of the podcast once again we appreciate you rate review subscribe all that good stuff tell a friend and uh, we'll be back next week to break down saints lions we're we're not feeling optimistic but hopefully the saints can finally surprise us for a change that would be nice we'll catch you then Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.